Guys, um, I have a text for you this morning. Uh, actually, I have two. But I'm, gonna, I'm not going to read them now. I'm going to save them until later, which I hope will add to, uh, somehow add to the mystique and to the uniqueness of the sermon that I have for you today. This morning's sermon is indeed unique, but it's not only unique. Uh, there's real genius in it. But it's not my genius. It's borrowed genius. So keep that in mind as, as, we, as, as it unfolds. Guys, this is a sermon that can only be preached on a day like today. On a day that is um, close to Christmas. You'll understand in, uh, in a bit. Um, I first preached it over 30 years ago. Uh, at least I first preached it here in Memphis over 30 years ago. And when I did, back 30 years ago... There was a woman in the audience that day or night um, who is still a part of Gracie Van. So last October, I mean just three months ago, two months ago, um, at a women's event held here at Gracie Van, that woman spoke, that woman that was in the audience 30 years ago. She spoke about something and, and uh, she made reference to this sermon that I preached over 30 years ago. And she said, she pointed out that uh, hearing this sermon clarified several things for her. So my hope is, well, and one other little fact. Um, my wife was at that event, that women's event, two months ago here at Gracie Van, hearing this lady talk about how this sermon had clarified things for her. So my wife comes home and says, or asks, you need to preach that sermon again. And you know whatever Lola wants. <laughs> Lola gets. <laughs> but our hope is that um, this sermon will do the same thing for you that it did for this woman. Hopefully it will clarify some some significant matters for you as well. We'll see. May I be the first this season to wish you a very merry Tifton. Did I get confused? No, indeed. A very merry Tifton to each and all. Now, some of you uh, are having your greatest fear confirmed. He's slipping. Or uh, perhaps you think there is a screw or two that is loose. Or maybe he's just been hanging around the eggnog uh, way too much. Well, none of that is true. Um, but what I have for you today is a modern parable of Christmas. You know, I've said to you numerous times in the past that um, Jesus was the master storyteller. I love stories. So much of the Bible comes to us by way of story. You can go through the Bible and you see a story there, another story, another story. So much of the truth of God's Word comes to us by way of a story. Stories have a way of reaching out and grabbing us like, some, like other uh, sermons do not. 
there is a, there's a way that stories have of reaching out and, and pulling us in and turning on us and so that we see the truth more, more illustratively than, than in other ways. But Jesus was the master storyteller. It was, um, that's what he was doing when he was telling all of those parables. Every parable that you read in the New Testament is nothing more than Jesus in the art of storytelling. Now, the parable that I have for you this morning in no way will rival one of his parables, God forbid. But I do think that this parable uh, speaks very incisively to what is a modern misunderstanding of Christmas. You'll recall, I hope, that uh, Jesus would uh, take things that his audiences knew about. Things, uh, it was a rural and an agrarian society, and so he would take things like the sower and the seed, or the sheep and the goats, or the, the mustard seed, or the birds of the air, or the lilies of the field. He would take those things that his audience already knew about, and he would weave them together in such a way that the stories were understandable and piercing and, and, and very instructive for his audience. So... Um, that's how parables were used in the, the, uh, the New Testament, to clarify certain things for certain people. I'm hoping that this modern parable of Christmas will clarify. Unfortunately, uh, in one sense, some of Jesus' parables have, have lost their, their punch in, in some small measure because most of us would not know a sheep from a goat. Um, we wouldn't know a mustard seed from a chestnut. And, um, but there, that's not to say, however, that Americans don't know a lot of things. They do. There's a lot of subjects about which they know a bunch. For instance, computers. Oh, we know a lot about computers. We know a lot about rock music. We know a lot about football. But the one thing I think that we know most about is the television. We watch a lot of television now, don't we? Well, in that watching, do you ever remember um, a, a TV show that used to be on television uh, some, oh, I don't know, 50 or 60 years ago? Uh, that means you've got to be at least my age to have ever seen it. That's not certainly true because it became a rerun. They showed it on the mornings, they showed it in the afternoons, they showed it at night. And so one night, maybe when you couldn't sleep and you turned the television on, maybe you saw this, uh, this television series... It was called The Millionaire. And in this TV series, there was a man whose name was John Beersforth Tifton, who gave away these gifts of $1 million with the most amazing results in the lives of those who had received them. In fact, every episode uh, in, the, in the TV series was a new person receiving the gift of a million dollars and the impact that that gift had made on his life or her life. Uh, of course, there was um, this little man whose name was Michael Anthony, who was the executive secretary to Mr. John Beardsforth Tifton, and he would deliver the gifts. He was kind of a buttoned-up kind of guy and, and <clears throat> every hair in place, and he would arrive with a with a briefcase in hand and an umbrella under his arm, and he would knock on the door, he would uh, be invited in, he would open up his briefcase, and he would take out a cashier's check 
for one million tax-free dollars and give it to um, these people that uh, Mr. Tifton had chosen. Now, back when I preached this 30 years ago, uh, I had to explain that television series because nobody had ever seen it. But our resident genius on staff here, whose name is John Simpson, found it. Found the series in YouTube's. I guess you can find anything in YouTube. Uh, I mean, if you can fix a toilet with a YouTube, I mean, I guess you can find anything. Well, he found it. So what I want to show you is it's only 57 seconds, but I want to show you 57 seconds of uh, this uh, TV series called The Millionaire that was on 50 or 60 years ago. Here it is, guys. Show it to him. That's it. That was the TV show. Um, and there was Michael Anthony, and you never saw Mr. Tifton's face. He always sat in a chair, and he would always give it to Michael Anthony. And then, then each episode would be about how uh, giving away of that million dollars would affect the, the recipient. Now, it is that television show that forms the skeletal framework of my modern parable of Christmas. Are you ready? Here we go. Many years ago, far away in a, in a small land, there lived a man whose name was John Beersforth Tifton, who was fantastically wealthy beyond all the dreams of avarice. He had the strange custom or hobby of giving away one million tax-free dollars to various individuals of his own choosing. At first, there were a few, and then scores, and then hundreds, and then thousands, and then millions. And pretty soon, there were in every country a few, all over the, the world, a few who had received the gift of $1 million. Now, you can understand, I'm sure, that these people who had received the gift had had their lives tremendously enriched and their circumstances amazingly transformed by this gift of $1 million. And when Mr. Tifton died... He had it written into his will that from the vast holdings of his estate, this, this custom, this hobby, would continue 
And so these gifts of $1 million would continue to go out to various people um, that, they, that, they were, that were chosen. And so years passed and, and centuries went by and, and many of the Tiftons, as they were called, decided that they needed to do something to remember and to honor this wonderful man who had so enriched their lives and transformed them. And so they decided that they would celebrate his birthday each year. And so every year, all around the globe, on Mr. Tipton's birthday, they would get together, they, had, they would write songs and write poetry and, and tell stories about this wonderful man who had so changed their lives. Now, you will understand, I, I, I'm sure, that the only people who were at all interested in celebrating the memory of this man, Mr. Tifton, were those who had received the gift of one million dollars. And so the Tiftons, each year, all over the world, wherever they were, they would gather in small groups and celebrate the birthday of their wonderful benefactor. Centuries passed, and this went on in this way, and, and, and then <laughs> a most remarkable thing happened. In fact, I mean, I, I, would, I would hardly have the courage to tell you about it had it not actually come to ha- happened, and it happened right here in America. One day, here's what happened. One day, while a group of Tiftons were celebrating Tifton Day, a, a, a couple of Americans staggered into the party, the Tifton party, quite by accident. They, they didn't know exactly what was going on, but it, it looked like everyone was having a good time. And, 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 and you know how Americans are about party crashing. And, and, and they just kind of entered in, and, and re- nobody really noticed that they were there. And they, they saw all of these finely dressed people enjoying themselves. And, and they heard something about somebody gave, giving gifts to somebody else or, or, or something like, like that. But, but they just kind of entered into the spirit of the things, and they sang the songs, and they ate the food, and they had a great time. <clears throat> the next year, believe it or not, these two Americans decided that they would have their own Tifton Day party. And they would invite their friends, paupers, every one of them. And, and, and they got together um, to have a, a celebration. Um, the most ridiculous thing you've ever seen. People celebrating the birthday of Mr. Tifton, who had never received the gift. <laughs> How ridiculous is that? But you know, unbelievably, the idea caught on. And the idea spread, and, 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 and other people began to celebrate Tifton Day. And before you know it, 
It was all over the country. And, and you would probably not believe it had it not actually come to pass. But Tifton Day became a national holiday. <laughs> school children were, were let out of school and everybody was celebrating Tifton Day. People who didn't have two dimes to rub together. Now about this time, on Tifton Eve, two men from this faraway land where Mr. Tifton was born, where, by the way, Tifton Day was still celebrated in its pristine purity, that is, only those who had received the gift entered into the celebration, two men from Mr. Tifton's homeland arrived in New York Harbor for a visit. And as they were getting off the boat, they said to one another, oh, I, I, I wonder if we could find another Tifton with whom we could celebrate Tifton Day, you know, just the three of us, to celebrate the birthday of this wonderful friend of ours. And they said, well, it's not, it's not likely, but, but we can certainly look. And about that moment, as they were, as they were walking down Fifth Avenue, they looked inside the store window of the first department store that they came to, and to their astonished eyes, there was a sign inside the store window that was screaming, only one more day till Tifton. They walked a bit further to the next window, and there was another sign, a sign that said, Tifton Day specials, one half off. And they said to each other, hallelujah, we have found a brother Tifton. And look at that. <laughs> our, our, our brother Tifton has done quite well with his million dollars. Why, uh, I, he bought a, a, a department store. Look at that, Macy's. <clears throat> and they, they were about to go in to introduce themselves. And from across the street, behind them, came a shout, Mary Tifton. And, and, and he turned around, and before they could cross the street to say hello, from their side of the street came a reply, a Mary Tifton to you. And then on the other side, others joined in, and pretty soon, there, right there on Fifth Avenue, there was this vast chorus of voices shouting, Mary, Mary Tifton, and a happy new year. Well, this left our two friends completely dumbfounded. So <clears throat> that night, after supper, they just happened to come upon a Tifton Eve party that was in progress. <clears throat> and they heard them singing some rather <laughs> strange songs, they thought. It's beginning to look a lot like Tifton. And then there was another. I'm dreaming of a white Tifton. But the one that they thought was just absolutely absurd 
went like this. Well, I love a blue, oh, oh, a Christopton without you. Well, um, this was, this was some party. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, people were really uh, tying one on. <laughs> and by that time, some of the people at this party were um, smashed. And, and, and they thought that rather odd because, as they recalled, Mr. Tifton didn't approve of that kind of excess in behavior. But as you know, these American people, they're, 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 uh, they're a little bit different. And so they, they stood there at the party trying to figure out what they saw going on in front of them. And they noticed that over in the corner across the room <clears throat> was a large tree. Now this, of course, was a, a Tifton tree. Um, and they thought that it was a bit odd because they didn't even have trees like that in the native land where Mr. Tifton was from. And, and, and underneath the tree was an elf with a beard and a, a red and white suit, and he was seated in a sleigh. And harnessed to that sleigh were eight kangaroos. And one of those kangaroos had a purple nose. And they they said to one another, um, they didn't have kangaroos where Mr. Tifton was from. And, And they simply could not understand what was going on. And um, they were trying to sort it all out, and one remarked to the other that these people at the party were, <clears throat> were did you notice how they were dressed? I mean, they were, they were dressed rather shabbily. And so, quite confused, they, they decided to ask. And so, as one man Staggered by, uh, they stopped him and they, they asked, um, uh, excuse me, sir, um, but, but when did you receive your million dollars? My why? Your, your, your million dollars? Million dollars? Why, man, I had to borrow 500 bucks from the finance company this year to buy my Tifton presents. And they said, then then why are you celebrating Tifton Day? Why am I celebrating Tifton Day? Why, man, what's the matter with you? Why, I've always celebrated Tifton Day. My grandparents celebrated Tifton Day. My, 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 my parents celebrated Tifton Day. <clears throat> and even when I was a small boy, I used, to, I used to hang my Tifton Day stocking from the mantelpiece in our den. Um... What is it that you're trying to do to us? I mean, uh, uh, you, you strangers coming over here and trying to change our customs. And with this, he mumbled and stumbled away, leaving our two friends even more confused and perplexed than they were before. And so they decided to try once again. And so as another man was coming by, uh, they, they greeted him and they said, Brother Tifton. And the man stopped and said, Tifton? 
My name's not Tifton. Uh, my name's Bob Smith. Uh, 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 you must be confused, but uh, maybe you've had <laughs> one too many. But uh, uh, but it's but it's Tiftony. Even uh, what can I do for you? Tell us why are you celebrating Tifton Day? You mean you don't know? Oh, I, I, I see. You're you're foreigners. Well, <clears throat> let me explain. Long ago, there lived a man uh, by the name of Tifton, we think. Uh, we think he lived. We're, we're not real sure that he, he did live. But, um, I mean, he used to give away gifts or, or, or something like that, uh, we think. But, and, 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 and it was just a nice idea. Uh, and we kind of took up the idea. And, 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 and man, you just got to get into the spirit of the thing and, 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 and have another drink and smile and, and have a good time. And he, too, stumbled away. About that time, across the room, barely audible over the laughter and the tinkling of glasses, there came a knock on the door. And since no one answered, finally the door opened, and there stood the perennial descendant of Michael Anthony. Briefcase in hand, he had come with another million dollars for someone at that party. And he said, um, uh, excuse me, uh, but I'm a, I'm a... And no one paid him any mind. So he tried again and again. I, I, I'm, I'm looking for... And no one would speak to him. Because the, and the laughter was so loud and the music was blaring and he couldn't be heard. And finally, he turned and he left. And in the hollow laughter, his going was not missed. His voice had not been heard. The celebration went on. That is my parable of Christmas. I wonder how many there are here this morning whose fingers are cut and sore from putting up and decorating a Christmas tree. I wonder how many of those who are celebrating Christmas have received the gift. I wonder if those of you whose hands are weary from signing Christmas cards and whose tongues will never quite be rid of the taste of glue, I wonder why are you celebrating Christmas? Have you received the gift? Those of you who are footsore and weary from pushing your way around in crowded department stores and fighting the traffic and with nerves that are frayed, have you received the gift? And I further wonder how many of you are so benighted that you don't even know what gift I'm talking about. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. The gift of God 
is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Have you received that gift? If you have, you are more aware of that than any other gift that you'll receive this Christmas or any other Christmas. If your life has been transformed by the coming of the Son of God and you have eternal life and your sin is forgiven, you know that you are among the wealthiest men in all the world. If you have not received that gift, you probably don't even know it. And then Tuesday morning will be another hollow mockery, a piece of ludicrous hypocrisy. I wonder how many there will be on Christmas morning who will be ooing and eyeing over their iPhones and their computers, who all the while their empty hearts are crying out to God because they want something that will ultimately and finally satisfy. I wonder, amidst all the parties of this Christmas season, if the knock of him who said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, I wonder if his voice will be heard, if his invitation will be accepted, and his gift will be received. Have you received the gift of eternal life? Do you have eternal life? Are your sins forgiven? Are you going to heaven? Are you a Christian? If not, then tell me, why are you celebrating Christmas? This gift that's being offered you can be opened at any time. <clears throat> you don't have to wait until Tuesday morning to open it. Christ stands before you now and offers you the free gift of eternal life. Will you receive that gift? If not, then tomorrow will be the eve of another hollow day and Tuesday will be another mockery. If you will not receive that gift, then I suppose the best thing that I can say to you is Mary Tifton. Oh God, in a crowd this size,
Surely not everyone has received the gift of eternal life. Oh God, would you make yourself real to them? That man, that woman, that boy, that girl. Would you cause them to see that heaven is not something that we earned or deserved. It's something that we received by way of gift. And that you, oh God, so loved the world that you sent one. A big old gift in the person and work of Jesus Christ who purchased the gift of eternal life for us and then offered it to us as a free gift. Oh God, might every woman and man in this room know what I'm talking about and reach out with the hand of a beggar to lay hold of the gift of a king. Do that, Father, not because any of us here deserve it, but because it will give you glory. It will glorify you, O God, to save now. So do that, Father. Open men's and women's eyes so that they might see that their hearts are empty and that the thing that they need most is not another set of dishes, not another television set. What they need now, more than their next breath, is a relationship with you through faith in Christ. Do that, Father, for your own glory's sake. We pray it, of course, in Jesus' name. Amen.